0: welcome to You Can Cook Too. And this is Patricia Casey. Before I give you the recipe, I think you should know that if you want all of these recipes from You Can Cook Too or the podcast, you can get them free on Spotify. Now for today's recipe, it's called ragu bolognese. And before you decide to switch off because you know how to cook bolognese, hold on a minute. This recipe is unlike the bolognese recipes that we have all been cooking for many years. You know, the ones that are bright red. They're actually very nice. They taste very tomatoey. Everybody loves them. But they're not the traditional Bolognese recipe. And that's what I'm going to do for you today. And I first tried this recipe just over a year ago. And I was in, in Bologna on holidays, which of course is where the recipe originated. And the mayor of Bologna at the time called on people to stop eating spaghetti Bolognese. And so I asked a friend of mine who lives there why that was, why the mayor of Bolognese didn't want people eating the local dish. And apparently it was because bolognese that most people eat is an adulterated version of the true bolognese from that city. And there is a registered bolognese sauce recipe in the in the city, in the town hall. And this is the recipe that I'm going to do here. And it's absolutely delicious. It's completely different the one we, we, we all eat. It takes a while to cook and you've got to stand over, over it. It's not difficult, but you just have to make sure you have something to occupy you while you're waiting for this and that. That to happen maybe that's where the piece of music will come in that you can play it as you're waiting for this it takes between two and three hours to to for completion but it's worth the wait and the re- the the ingredients are quite numerous and i actually have a picture of them that will be accompanying the podcast just to give you an idea so you'll need two tablespoons of olive oil a quarter of a cup of butter that's about 60 mils of butter a medium-sized onion chopped two large large. Large carrots, two stalks of celery, each of those chopped. Four cloves, cloves of minced garlic. One cup of diced pancetta, and that's the sort of bacon-like meat that you can buy in small packs in supermarkets. And if you can't get any, just take some rashers and dice them, and leave the fat on them. They need the bit of fat. Salt, black pepper, minced beef. But some people use a mixture of meats, like beef and pork, or beef and veal. I haven't done that. I just use Beef on its own. A cup of about 200 or about 250 mils of dry white wine. Two cups, that's 500 mils of whole milk or low fat milk, not the skimmed milk. So low fat or whole milk. A can of diced tomatoes, that's the big can, 28 ounces. And a cup of beef stock, that's 250 mils of beef stock. Now, the milk is always a surprise and it does add a lovely creamy flavour. So if, if you think of adding milk to meat and you get a kind of a a yucky sense please don't 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 not do it. it it makes a lovely flavor so what you do is you add the butter and the oil that's the quarter of a cup 60 mils of butter and the two tablespoons or 30 mils of olive oil and you put the, leave them in the in the pan until the butter has melted and then you add the onion that's the medium-sized chopped onion the carrots the two large carrots that you've diced and the two stalks of celery diced and the min- or chopped garlic cloves that's four garlic cloves and then you add a little bit of salt and you cook them just for about five minutes or so until they're soft and then at that point you add some of the meat about a quarter or a third of the meat and you 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 stir it and you break up the lumps with a wooden spoon and then when you've done it with the first batch you then add more you add the meat gradually and and each time you add it you make sure that the lumps have been loosened and the The other reason for adding the meat gradually is if you put it in all together, it will take a long time for the liquid, the the water that's in the meat to evaporate. If you add it bit by bit, it will evaporate more quickly and more thoroughly. And that will allow the meat to somewhat dry out. It'll still be moist from the fat, but the water will have gone and that will allow it to caramelise. So you cook the meat until it's well done. And you may even find that there will be little little brown bits on the edge of the meat um, and that's all the better. That will that whole process will probably take I don't know fifteen minutes or so. Once all the the meat has been browned lightly, and there are no lumps in it. You cook it for a further 10 minutes and you stir it from time to time. And it's at this point that it'll become slightly crispy in spots, um, particularly where it's touching the pan. And if the gold bits stick to the bottom, don't worry, you'll be deglazing it next with the wine. So you don't want it to burn, but you do want it to go slightly brown and, and slightly crispy, if you can get it to... I usually don't manage to get it to crisp. I'm too frightened of it burning and I'm, I get impatient. So I add the white wine. So that is the cup of dry white wine. Some people use red, but the recipe that I have has, has white in it. And you, you add that and that will evaporate in two or three minutes. And then you lower the heat and then you add the milk. And we've said two cups or 500 mils of milk, tomatoes, the big tin of tomatoes. And if... If you happen not to have a tin of tomatoes, but you have fresh tomatoes, you can use them by taking off the blanching them in boiling water and taking off the skins. Anyway, you add the tomatoes, beef broth or the beef the beef stock, and some more salt, and you also add a bit of pepper. And you bring that all together to boil, and then you heat it as slowly, you, you cook it as slowly as possible. I would have thought it will need to simmer according to my recipe for about two and a half to three hours. I generally don't do mine quite that long, maybe about two hours and you 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 part cover it um or if your saucepan cover has got a little hole to let out the steam, you can cover it fully, and the steam will come through the the that little little aperture. You should stir it during the cooking process about every half an hour. So you're cooking it very slowly with steam escaping and you're stirring it every half an hour. And you need to check that the sauce doesn't become too dry. You want it to be almost oatmeal-like. And so that when you push away the meat, what's left isn't the kind of watery sauce you have when you make your own bolognese, the, the more common one. But it's more like a creamy, it's like a creamy mixture. It's rich and creamy and it tastes it it and adjusts the seasoning. It may need more salt or pepper, depending. You then can leave it to cool or you can serve it straight away. This is one of the sauces that improves hugely if it's left to cool and then reheat it when you need it. So when you reheat it, you add a generous tablespoonful of a parmesan, grated parmesan cheese, and you put it into the sauce and melt it into it. And then you take your sauce out, mix it with your pasta, whatever pasta do you choose? And then you put more sauce, more more parmesan on top of the sauce and decorate it with a little bit of basil, fresh basil as well. This freezes wonderfully well. It's a huge portion. It's enough for 12 or 14 and it keeps extremely well in the saucepan in the fridge for a few days or you can freeze it for several months and take it as you as you as you want. So that is ragu bolognese. The composer that I'm tying this recipe to is Corelli. And I think you've heard Corelli before on this show. Corelli wasn't born in Bologna, but at the age of 13, he moved there. He was born, I think it was in Rome, around six, in 1653. He only lived to be 60 years of age, but he spent most of his life in Bologna. And it was there that he worked on developing sonatas and the sonata form as it's called. So I'm going to play you one of his sonatas. It's the sonata number five in A minor first movement.